On Monday, October 30th, several New York State Senate committees held an eight-hour-long hearing to get feedback on problems with the slow rollout of the adult recreational cannabis market, which has produced about one-tenth of the revenue expected, creating major financial problems for small operators. Many senators raised concern about the lax enforcement in cracking down on unlicensed pot stores, especially in New York City and large urban areas. Farmers, growers, and various marijuana business concerns discussed their issues with the extremely slow rollout with only about 30 legal adult stores approved so far uh, and the negative impact on many farmers and businesses. They also highlighted problems with the marijuana potency tax far higher than on other businesses and which Witnesses said promote the use of unlicensed marijuana sellers. Last month, the state opened licensing to big businesses from outside the state, as well as existing medical marijuana companies. That change sparked an outcry from social equity applicants. Witnesses also complained about the never-ending red tape, often new. We hear from four individuals on a very long hearing. Uh, Alan Gandelman, president of the Cannabis Association of New York. Renee St. Jacks of the New York State Farm Bureau. Miranda Bromley of Hudson Valley Herbals. And Joseph Calderon of the Cannabis Farm Association. As I sit here today, I wear many hats in New York cannabis. I'm an organic vegetable farmer, an AUCC cultivator, a processor. I am a member of the state's Cannabis Advisory Board, uh, and I'm also the founder and the current board president of the Cannabis Association of New York. We need to adjust the cannabis potency tax. We need to fix our marketing and advertising regulations and laws uh, and make them friendlier so that smaller businesses uh, can market and advertising while allowing positive consumer education. And we also need to address license size and vertical allowances for some of the largest operators in the state. In terms of uh, tax, one thing you didn't hear today is that at the current potency tax rate for flour, that tax equals to about a million dollars per acre that a farmer grows, and each farmer is allowed to grow up to one acre. Um, that is more money in tax than the farm actually uh, sells uh, in cannabis. In terms of marketing, there's a lot of restrictions on businesses to that they can't educate consumers about their products. And so customers are really just going online and shopping for uh, potency and price. And so that is very contrary to the goals of the MRTA, and it's very contrary to all of the public health things that we've been talking about. The marketing regulations the way they are, they're really preventing dispensaries from marketing and advertising in their own neighborhoods. So especially the ones that are surrounded by illicit shops, uh, they cannot get to their customers. And we have to look at how we allocate canopy. Um, there's enough current supply for years to come. And so at the same time, we're allowing a small group of large companies to enter the market with 10 times the canopy that the next uh, size license has available to them. So this is just going to create more of a supply problem. We must continue to find ways to provide support and relief to all the small farms and the businesses who took the risk over the last 18 months and struggle every day. Uh, the state needs to create a fund for cultivators and for card dispensaries to continue and help them operate. And we need to pass the Cannabis as an Agricultural Crop uh, Bill. And I think you know, a lot of these solutions uh, can be done and they can be done pretty quickly.
I'm Renee St. Jacques. I'm with New York Farm Bureau. And we represent farmers across New York, but also the farmers who are growing adult-use cannabis or interested in growing adult-use cannabis and entering this market. I'll just bring up a few things that hopefully the Senate can do to help us out here in the next session and solve some of these issues. Alan mentioned the potency tax issue. Senate Bill 4831, Senator Cooney, thank you for sponsoring that. That bill would solve that issue. New York Farm Bureau supports that bill. It would implement a more reasonable tax collection method. Alan also mentioned the cannabis is an agricultural crop. We, it needs to be defined as that. And right now, there's a lot of gray area. And when it comes to agricultural assessment, farmers already have to meet certain criteria to receive that assessment. Growing cannabis should not be an issue. It should not be a barrier to them receiving that, that benefit. And as we've heard with all the issues of financial issues that farmers are facing trying to get into this market and make it work and, and have a viable business, this agricultural assessment is just one way that we can help solve that. So another one, the, can, the exemption for cannabis when it comes to sales and use tax. A lot of the farm operations across the state rely on a, a sales tax and use tax exemption for certain goods and for certain services, adding cannabis to that, and that's a Another bill, Senator Cooney, you're sponsoring, so thank you so much. And lastly, Alan also mentioned the, the concern over the vertical integration of the registered organizations. New York Farm Bureau shares that concern and how we're going to make sure that farmers are not pushed out of this market as what's happened in other states where the, these large organizations, these large businesses come in and, and take it over. So, My name is Miranda Bromberg, and I'm here to speak on behalf of my farm, Hudson Valley Herbals located in Ellenville, New York. We are a woman-owned and operated business and a C applicant. Today, I speak for fellow C applicants who are new to the market, but who anticipated applying in this current window for cultivation licenses. For years, we planned and waited for the application window, and last month, we're shocked when additional guidance from the board was released on September 29th. This licensing application FAQ contained critical guidance which informed us for the first time that mixed light, outdoor, or combination license types would be disallowed in the October 4th application window except for micro-businesses. This unexpected information contradicted what was communicated to us by the office throughout this arduous process. I resigned from my prior career in 2021 to focus full-time on this business and invested significant personal capital into it. These past few years, we have all patiently waited out lawsuits, attended virtual board meetings, applied for educational initiatives, critically read every control board and OCM publication, sent in public comments, and have been writing, researching, and collaborating with industry counterparts to create a winning business plan. Until September 29th, the guidance provided by the OCM stated that applications would be scored on a number of factors, including social equity, community involvement, environmental and energy plan, economics of the applicant's municipality, and other factors. It also seemed to allow applicants to apply for the full range of cultivation and tier type. Like many, we spent over a year building our business plan and application materials, as well as conceptualizing our physical site, relying on the OCM's guidance. The current portal, however, provides no option to upload additional materials to bolster our application, so these details won't be seen by the board. We are ready to continue investing significant capital and energy into our beloved town. We want to hire employees, purchase our property, reassure investors, and budget our business, all of which is difficult to do without a reliable process and a realistic timeline from the state. I counted on the head start the OCM promised C applicants, just like me. However, these changes make that reality seem less likely. The farm site we have optioned in our historically agricultural community 
sits just down the road from the future site of Cresco Labs New York mega facility. We have done everything right by the standards set in the legislation and regulations, and even so, Cresco will be able to operate and establish itself before we will. We were told sustainability, community impact, and social equity would be a focus of the state, and yet a fully indoor, multi-state corporate operator will be able to operate far in advance of us. How is this in line with the stated values of the control board and OCM? While we appreciate the efforts put into the newest guidance, the degree of changes required significantly more time for applicants to adjust than was afforded. Like thousands of others, we are frustrated with how long it has taken to roll out the legal market for cultivators, processors, dispensaries, and consumers. We want the process expedited. I hear the struggle and frustrations of the conditional license holders, and I am glad the state has taken action to support those farmers. But there are many current and would-be farmers, especially women, who never got the chance to grow hemp and who are being left behind now. Those in our position have been told once again to wait and see. There are many hardworking and experienced applicants who have not had the opportunity to present their plans to the board. I'm Joseph Calderon, Vice President and Co-Founder of Cannabis Farmers Alliance and uh, CEO of Grateful Valley Farm, AUCC number 34, and Farm Bureau member. Thank you for recognizing and acknowledging the CFA as the voice of over a third of the all AUCCs. We have submitted evidence and exhibits, including personal testimonies depicting the heartbreaking state of our members. On behalf of the CFA, I'm here today with a plea for your immediate intervention to rescue our distressed farmers address the needs of our growers, particularly with their livelihoods and their lives at stake. Also, maybe revisiting the uh, original Cannabis Rescue Act. We thought there were some pretty good ideas in that as well. New York promised to put independent businesses at the heart of the legal cannabis industry. Now MSOs are rolling out millions of square feet of indoor growing capacity while small independent farms are being crushed by onerous regulations and a failed retail rollout. And that promoted social and economic equity, which is uh, which is actually kind of impressive. It, um, with the resilience of uh, 36,000 illegal businesses, the consequence of the current program is a, is a parallel market eroding the ability for small legal operators to survive. This was Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.